Hello, thank you for sharing time with me this week on the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Welcome to the sacred space where we share stories, truths, and conversations to help you define and refine your best self. Ditch the senseless hustle, find your focus, and build a life you are fired up to live out loud on purpose and on your own terms. Whether you are building your slice of the kingdom from a couch, car, cubicle, or corner office, the sass and moxie delivered in this podcast will fill your soul tank and empower the courageous, gracious, tenacious, vivacious lioness you are. Today's show features another magnificent moxie chat. The mission of this series is to shine a light on the stories of divine, brilliant leaders who are taking risks, pushing through challenges, and living their best life out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. Are you ready to open, ignite, and nurture your mind, heart, and soul? Me too. Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. It's Tuesday. It's May 19th. It's 414. And I am here with a lovely dear friend of mine who I met through a fantastic collaboration project that I did. Was that, I think that was two years ago now. It was. Was it two years ago already? Holy Toledo. (laughs) I can believe it because especially in this, such a time as this, it feels like one day is one second and one week is one year versus back then it felt just the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it was October of 2018 is when we all got together. And that was so cool. That was so much fun. I love that. I loved it. And I loved what's come from that. So there's, there are going to be um, many of my lionesses who have not met you yet, Christy. So let me share a bit about who you are with them. I know it can be a little awkward when someone's reading your bio, but soak it all in because this is an amazing bio. (laughs) All right. So Christy Bridges is a songwriter, author, writing coach, podcaster, corporate trainer, and the host of One Moment Wiser, daily devotional on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Yay. It's her mission. Okay, wait, wait. I need to honor this. Everybody lean in a little. It's her mission to help people live wisely, avoid regret, and connect with their creator. Isn't that beautiful? God uses a variety of voices to reach us. So she created the Sherry Wisdom Wisely devotional book writing experience to help others launch their own books and the It's About Time series of writing workshops with novelist Sarah Soon. Last year, she guided 11, yes, I said 11 remarkable people in writing their stories for her latest devotional option ocean navigating the sea of possibilities and it featured me that was so much fun writing that all about body image and reconnecting with with my body and who she is and what she's done and wow that was such a cool experience welcome 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 christy Thank you. And thank you for that chapter. Just yesterday, I was doing yoga. And every time I do yoga, I think of your chapter. I think of you telling your body, I love you and refusing to to demean yourself because we're so critical of ourselves. And that has just, I still just want to cry when I think about it. For some reason, it just continues to touch me. And I appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, I I think of it often too. I mean, I think one of the beautiful parts to me in my experience with writing is that it really helps solidify my stories. It really helps cement them in my heart and in my soul and because I'm really giving them form, right? Most of the time they kind of live in these twinkles inside our brains. And when you write them out, it really does give them a physical form that allows us to repeat them over and over and over again. And I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's why yeah. story is my favorite word. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your favorite word? 
story this year it is just my favorite word for that same reason because it when we when we tell stories and when we tell them over and over you know actually maybe write them down and tone them up or tell them to multiple people they they get richer because the real things that matter come out they come to the forefront and we learn how to prepare our readers in our storytelling so that or our listeners in our storytelling so that they're ready to receive the really good stuff when it comes up oh that's so true and so good and you know it i think that as we hone that skill as we grow older that we can even start to see the moments we're living as this is part of my story I will share this story later. And I feel like I tend to pay a bit more attention to the life I'm living, knowing that it will turn into a story that or a testimony someone else will be able to experience, read, soak in, and that will inspire them or fuel them, right? Empower them to move forward. So I think that's just so beautiful. You know, there was a time when I thought I had lost my story. Uh, after eight years together, my first husband left and I thought I've wasted eight years of my life, eight years of my life just poof, vanished and it was meaningless. And then I said, no, 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 this is my story. These memories, these experiences, these growth moments um, and the times when I, you know, didn't act quite right. Those are all part of my story and I'm holding on to those. Mm -hmm. So even when I put the pictures away, I didn't throw them away because they were part of my experience. Uh, you know how when you're going through a split up, you just talk nonstop about it. When I stopped doing that, I didn't discard all those old journals or all those old experiences because they're still part of yes. how I developed an understanding and how I got better at communicating. We've kept in touch on our Facebook posts over you know, the last year, 18 months, and it's been fun to watch you launch new things into the world and collaborate with with people and your your daily devotionals and how you are you triumphantly get in front of that camera and inspire others to go deeper with their relationship with the creator. And I think the tenacity comes from those moments where we are feeling maybe why is this happening to me right those moments where you feel like we're in a trial if you will and you know that that is part of the tapestry of who you are now christy and what allows you to to have that layer of strength that other people don't right and i think that, that it's it's so easy to look at lessons as blessings on the other side it's so easy to do that but it also um again it's one of those things with age that hopefully we can start to see those blessings even in the you know the pits of despair uh, as they may be or feel and right now right we're in such a very strange time Mm -hmm. and no one really knows how to navigate it they're all doing their very very best so let's let's dig into some of these questions and then we're going to talk a little bit about what's on your heart mm-hmm. and uh, whatever might come to mind after I ask you these first couple of questions. Are you ready? All right. Okay. So one of the biggest questions and the most popular questions in the Fire Up community is around success. Success feels like it has one definition in the world and then when I have women on the show and they talk about what success means to them. It's always different. (laughs) So I would love for you to share when I ask you, how do you define success, Christy? What's your answer? How do you describe that? You know, and it, it grows as we grow, I think, because what success feels like to me is when people appreciate and affirm and they're impressed by me, I thrive on words of affirmation, but I can't gauge my success based on that audience response because people have more priorities than just me and they have different opinions and different interests. It's not a reliable gauge. It's like checking my tires to see if I have enough gas and that's just going to get me stranded on the side of the road. 
So I do look at the kind of impact I'm making because it's smart to get feedback. If I'm not making the kind of impact I want, then it's smart to know why so that I can get better. Mm. When it comes down to when I feel truly successful, there's a whole package in involvement. Mm. I want to know, am I making the kind of impact that I need to make? Am I also taking care of myself and my relationships? And am I living at God's pace and going in the direction God is leading? Because I can get to where I'm just a knotted up mess if I try to chase some goal and say, okay, at that point I'll rest. And at that point I'll be happy. And at that point I'll be successful. Well, I can't teach other people to live wisely if I am not living at all because I'm chasing some distant thing. And so I have to know that, that I have a sustainable life that I can model the kind of life that I'm, that I'm talking about that hand in hand walk with God. God actually told Moses, Moses had one of those meltdown moments like I have sometimes. And he was like, well, if you're not going to go with us, just don't even send us. And God said, well, I'm going with you and I'll give you rest. And Moses said, well, if you're not going to go, then just don't even send us. And God was like, I will go with you. And I will give you rest. (laughs) (laughs) When I I read that repetition, I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) I think it's all of us though, right? We're like, we hear what we want to hear because we want to feel what we want to feel. Uh (laughs) We have to go at the pace that God leads so that we get the rest that we're supposed to get. and, And we're actually living a life that's worth living. It's so beautiful. I do believe that one of the silver linings in this current season, in the Rona season, <laughs> is that people are realizing how much hustle became an idol, mm-hmm. how much hustle became the have to get done today. I have to hustle as opposed to. I have to rest (laughs) and then I can do the work. It's we really started living upside down. And I really believe that there's so many people who are not going to step back into that. They, they simply don't want to, they, they've realized I didn't know my husband. I didn't know my wife. I didn't know my kids. I knew my coworkers more than I knew my family and that's got to change. Um, so how, how are you, you know, as you're, as you're working with people and cause I, I it speaks to me, right. Words of affirmation uh, and acts of service tie for my top <laughs> love language. Like literally they are toe in toe. And so I get it. Um, I love, I love to know when I'm making a difference. Right. I want, I want, I desperately want to know that. And, you're absolutely right. You can't let man be the person, you know, humans can't do that for us. We have to get that from, from God. And so when you are hearing all of the, uh, the unrest right now and the forced rest, if you will, how are you walking people through that? Well, and there you, you do have to pay enough attention to what people need and and what they're responding to, to really share things that they'll put to use, right? So it's not necessarily about a popularity game, but you do have to evaluate, am I sharing things in a way that people are ready to receive? Am Am I trying to put too much on people? Am I trying to fix them to be like me? Because I'm like me and they need to be like them, you know? So, so you have to look at, at where people are and what they're ready to take. I have a whole presentation where I talk about um, in the, the wisdom better than wishing study. There's a whole little talk about how we try to hand people the part that's going to make the car aerodynamic, but they're still working on putting the engine together. They're not ready for it yet. We have to pay attention to when, when they're willing, when they're ready to receive. And so I, I do that in different ways. Um, For some people, 
what they really need. I think for all of us, honestly, what we really need is a daily connection with our creator and a deeper understanding because we are surrounded by opinions about God. Mm-hmm. And we we actually need to talk to God. God has a personality mm-hmm. and wants connection, actually created us for that. Yeah. And you can hear about someone and have a completely different idea who they are yeah. until you get to know them. So that's the core of what I do is I I I get into the Bible, I get into life, I get into, you know transparency, transparent experiences of my own and others and help people connect with God and, and recognize his presence in their own lives. But then on top of that, there are people who need different things. Some people already have a, a pretty good foundation of that. And what they need is to know how to communicate what they've learned. Everybody has some level of wisdom, but ooh, we get a little wisdom and we want to just like shove it at people and people run from us. We go, why do the people that need it the most listen to me? Oh my goodness. Preach it, sister. That's so funny. The worst with our own families, the people closest to us who know us the best, like run the hardest, you know, but when you can help people learn to communicate better with the people that they care about are the people who you learn to recognize what people need at this moment and how much they can take. And so I do that with things like Option Ocean, things like um, the Share Your Wisdom Wisely devotional course, and just, you know, little communication topics on the daily devotions. Yeah. And then there are people who just need job skills. And so I actually work teaching securities (laughs) and annuities. And I I work with other people to help them with their resumes, you know, things that, you know, help you figure out how to do an interview, right? Because you need to actually make money and and learn that poor marketability. So I get everything beautiful. And you know what I love about the the collaborative projects that are around faith is that everyone's faith is different. How everyone interacts with how they see their creator is different. It doesn't have to look the same. And the stories and the trials to the victories of every person that wrote a devotional, the the every story that we hear, whether it was included in the Bible or if it was in the scrolls that didn't make it into it, you read like I've had so much fun digging into what didn't make it into the Bible from that time. It blows my mind. There's so many amazing stories that that we couldn't possibly know unless we reach out and ask and research and read a little more and listen a little more and uncover other people's stories because every person has a story and they read this book and they translated this and then they researched that quote and they found out something and there's so much magic in faith if you let it come out right? And your stories, the stories that you help people share, the platforms that you give them allow all of us a peek into someone else's faith. How beautiful is that? I love that. And you know, things that we think life would be over if that happened. When we read that someone has gone through it, and is actually this this person that that we we will respect and we go whoa you're amazing you know that helps us to know that what's the worst that could happen the worst that could happen is i could let this wreck the rest of my life mm-hmm. that's the worst because yeah. the worst that can happen is not the the thing that happened it's the response yes. and and the the forfeiture that could happen so if i instead i read these stories of things that, uh, you know, big or small seem so difficult. And then I see that overcoming, then I go, I can get through anything because I want to end up with that attitude. Oh my gosh. I got to tell you. Okay. So (laughs) you're talking about stories that happened like way back things that didn't make it into the Bible. And I'm thinking, you know what, they haven't stopped. And just recently people we know 
all our lives sometimes don't tell us everything. We have to hear it from other people. Just recently, I was with my mom and an aunt that I hadn't seen in years. And my aunt started telling a story about their childhood I'd never heard. I've known my mom for 48 years. Fun, (laughs) right? So they are sitting there as little kids. They snuck into the kitchen in the middle of the night and got a salad. And they a salad, right? Yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, salad, read cookie jar. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) But their parents were in the ministry and they had, uh, you know, there are four kids in the family, they didn't have any money. And my grandpa had had a back injury, so he'd actually had to quit his his job teaching uh, for a little while. And and they're in the kitchen trying to be quiet, and a car pulls up, and the headlights shine through the window, and they're thinking, we're getting caught. But then they're thinking, what is going on? And pretty soon, they hear their grandpa, or their, their dad, go, honey, you need to come out here. And grandma gets up and goes out there. They talk to these people and bring in bags of groceries. These boys were college students who, had, who lived across town but had been over on the north side of Tulsa for a revival meeting. And afterwards, they felt God say, hey, turn down this road. Hey, turn down that road. Hey, there's a grocery store. Why don't you go inside? And he walked them down the aisles. They kept going, well, what next, Lord? And he'd be like, get this. Okay, in these bags of groceries, they end up at my grandparents' house. Never met them before. They end up at my grandparents' house. And in the bags of groceries were four jars of Bama jelly with Flintstone characters on them. Earlier that day or sometime that week, my aunt, who was only, I don't know, maybe nine at the time, was begging grandma. She'd seen a commercial with these Flintstone jars. And grandma's like, I can't afford that. Ask God for it. (gasps) She did. (laughs) Ah, That's so great. You are absolutely right. Stories keep they keep coming. They Every do. Day. That isn't done yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, and miracles still exist. And that is, we're seeing it left and right, right now. And in particular, if we're looking for it, if we're looking in the good news section, as opposed to national media, which is if it only gets there, if it bleeds, right? If it bleeds, it leads. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And I love the the filter of looking at these stories and remembering that we live testimonies every day. And I think that's so beautiful. So let's jump into the three words that you chose for yourself. Uh, <laughs> I love this exercise, right? Because it's one of those things where, well, the words are, I think maybe in the 50 or 60 interviews I've done with Moxie Chats that the two or three of the words have been the same, but nobody's combination has been the same. So you, the three words used to describe yourself, well, you used five, by the way, um, oh, no. task focused, weird, and sometimes kind. I love it. I love it. Um, so Give us a peek into why you chose that combination of words, task-focused, weird, and sometimes kind. So task-focused, I know for a fact that is very much me. I, As much as I love people, and, and I heard you talking about a similar thing, as a performer, I, I don't mind being in front of a whole ton of people, but I like to having plenty of time to myself to work on the creative projects or the planning, the things that that push me forward, that keep me reaching new goals. And so I'm very task focused and I actually have to <laughs> make myself sit down in front of the TV for an hour a night with my husband. Everybody's like, oh, don't watch TV. You'll get more done. But, you know, the relationship is worth it. And I have to find those little times to be with friends because otherwise I would be that absent-minded professor that forgets everybody's birthday and holes up in the basement forever. Right. That is so funny. That's my professor. (laughs) And you know what? There's nothing wrong with hanging out and watching TV. Like we've got weird society rules. It's like the people who say they don't look at themselves when they're on zoom. 
I'm like, <laughs> you're fibbing. You totally look at yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so task focus, that totally makes sense. What about weird? Weird and kind. Actually, a friend of mine, one of my first guitarists, actually, blues guitarist that I worked with, told me, you're the weirdest girl, you the weirdest girl I know. And but he said it in such a sweet way that it just kind of made me happy. And he also at one point told me I was the kindest person he knew. Mm -hmm. He, you know, it just he was going through a hard time. But those to me, those are just precious because my mom encouraged all of us. And you know, we everybody goes through everybody goes through those times where you feel like an alien, right? You feel abnormal. Everybody else has it together but you, you know, or or you just feel different. You don't you get bored with other people's conversations, you don't have the same interests, whatever. And my mom was like, don't try to fit. Just be. Yes. Enjoy it. Hi there. Yep. You're listening to the Fire Up Podcast. We'll be right back to the show after this quick break. Are you ready to fire up your mindset and experience your best days and years yet? Sign up today and receive 52 moxie-filled affirmations to fire you up. Each Monday, one will magically appear in your inbox to try on for the week. Head on over to debratrapin.com slash moxieaffirmations and join the thousands of divine humans on the journey to confidently live their best lives out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. Again, it's debratrapin.com slash moxieaffirmations. And now back to the show. And I'm so grateful. She took a lot of flack. I was the oldest and Madonna and Cindy Lauper were popular. And I went from, you know, dressing perfectly to why, my goodness, you know, and um, she took a lot of flack for that, but she didn't care. She's like, you know what? I want her to experiment and discover who she is. And I honestly have to say that experiment probably kept going for another 30 years until I finally, I really do know me well and I like me and I can be me in every situation. For years, I would flex to fit whatever I thought Mm -hmm. someone else wanted me to be. And my dad in high school called me a chameleon. And he said, you need to be yourself. And I'm like, oh, I'm just multifaceted. But honestly, I just didn't know who I was. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of grew into that self-discovery. I love that. Well, and, and you know, in, in the sales world and, uh, you know, I serve a lot of women in the real estate space. And in the, I don't know if it was the 70s or the 80s, but there was this very uh, male designed training that was all around be a chameleon, like, you know, have all of these different personalities. And there's something that is that is about power and winning in that, that never seemed to fit the kind of the feminine side of sales, right? Sales is for women tends to be much more about relationship building and nurturing and, and really creating a connection um, throughout and like in real estate with the family, right? It isn't that you're not honing in on the decision maker and wearing the same kind of clothes and saying the same kind of words. Like it just, that doesn't feel like it flows naturally. And in the last decade or so, there's been such a beautiful shift kind of into that divine feminine energy kind of coming into the the conversation and coming into play. And I, I think when you hear words like kind and how it makes you feel good to hear that you're kind. Uh, That's, I think that is a great example of that. You know, it's, um, I remember my brother, he would always say, don't call me a nice guy. Like there was something just, he always felt like that meant that he just, he wasn't a, he wasn't a good enough person or it wasn't that didn't make him like the it guy if he was a nice guy. And, um, I think, again, it comes into knowing who you are and knowing what that means when somebody calls you kind or weird. Um, I think weird is a rad word. It's a great descriptor. Like, who wants to be normal? Right? 
(laughs) Portland and Austin would totally agree with you. I mean, they're both like keep the cities weird, right? Because we need personality. We need people to be who they are. And, and I do love seeing a lot of the, you know, you do you is a, a big saying that's kind of, taking over the hashtag world and and a lot of posts. And it really is about being comfortable in your own skin, embracing who you are. I love it. I think it's such a beautiful thing. And we all are here to serve a beautiful purpose. And we can't do that if we're trying to be someone else. So, And, And if we're trying to force other people into our mold, there was, I think one of the most profound lessons I've learned in the journey, you know, of discovering who I am is discovering that I am me and nobody else is, and they aren't supposed to be. Um, (laughs) My husband is very different from me. And we've been married for 22 years now by miracle alone. I swear it's God. But there was, for years, I thought he was wrong and I was right. He needed to get to be more like me. If he would just be more like me, then he would be better, right? And that was a very big struggle because he's not going to be motivated to be Christy Michelle Bridges ever. And he's not supposed to. We were watching Bart Gunger's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage one weekend when we, we've been struggling a little bit. And it was so good. But Mark talked about the different personalities, you know, him and his wife and him and his family and how everybody was always trying to fix him. You know, if you just be calmer, if you just be, you know, more organized, whatever it was, the quality was. And so Richard and I did his flag pages assessment. And I realized, wow, you're like, actually, there's a category for that. (laughs) That's that's okay. You're supposed to be like that. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's crazy. You know, since I realized that I started instead of trying to fix him, I started appreciating him. Yeah, has blossomed, and oh my gosh, I just love him more all the time because it's okay for him to be him now, and he he's so happy with that, and so am I. Well, you know, I think what what I'm hearing you say, Christy, is sometimes we do need guides in our world that help us see the things we don't see and help us like in that situation. Um, you know, my husband and I, I've talked about this many times. He is, he is an extrovert extrovert and I'm an ambivert. I can play in the extrovert field, uh, but walking into a room of a bunch of strangers and having to have small talk, it's like my own little hell, like, don't make me go in there. And he looks in the room and goes, yes, a dozen potential new friends, right? Like he just has this very different way. And when we were first married, it was really hard for me to uh, uh, not take on his actions as my own. Like I would filter what he would do, how he would say it, you know, the manner, the, the volume, all of you know, all of the things and go through the Deborah filter and say, that's just crazy. Like, if like, why don't you lower your voice? Why don't you do this? If you did this, like, and I wouldn't even always say it out loud. I would kind of pack it in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it would just be, it would just irritate me until one day I realized I can't even imagine what my life would be like if we were both like me. Oh yeah, me neither. (laughs) I mean, we would not have, anywhere near the adventures we have and, and experience and meet and, and all, all of these beautiful elements that he's brought in. And just last week was our uh, 17th anniversary. And so we, we either watch our wedding video or our love story. Like we kind of go back and forth each year. And you have those. That is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the love story was our videographer was like, oh, you two need to do this. And it was like, we went to Golden Gate Park and we went to the Japanese tea gardens and he basically interviewed us and asked us all these questions. And so I'm looking at my 20 something self and listening to my 20 something self talking to the camera about what I loved about my husband, you know, 18 years ago, what I imagined our life would be like, all of these questions. And it's so interesting how wise I was then 
And I didn't even realize it because I said things like, I know we will have great adventures because of my husband. He helps me break out of my task mind, right? I am a very high D, uh, high I, but my D leads 100% of the time. <laughs> like If there is something that needs to get done, I want to get it done. And I drive to get that done. And I can be irritated when interrupted. <laughs> I am just downright feisty when someone changes my plans. Like, yeah. I need you to do this while I'm doing this, er, you know, and I have to like yeah. slow down and go, okay, what I'm doing is nowhere near as important as what they need. It's just, it's just the shift in gears. Cause once yes. I'm in it, I'm in it. Well, and I think that's the beauty is that when we hear stories, when, when I know someone's going to hear the story of you and your husband, someone has heard the stories of Drew and myself and they, they give their marriage grace they lean in and they read a book or they take a class or they go to a retreat and they learn more and they dig more. And I wouldn't have done that if I didn't hear a story from someone that I knew, right? Like I wouldn't think to do that. It was like, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't we do that? Why don't we read that book? Why don't we get that video? And so to those of you who are watching us live, who are watching the replay, who are listening to the podcast, I'd love to hear, and I know Christy would too, like what are some of those things in your life? What have you tried because uh, someone leaned in and whispered a little something, planted a little seed in your heart and said, this is how this helped me. I think you should try it. Was it a book? Was it a class? Was it a retreat? Um, you know, send me a note, leave a note in the comments. We'd love to know. It's always fun to learn from each other. So much fun to learn from each other. I agreed. <laughs> okay. So one of my favorite questions, as I'm sure it will shock you, is understanding and hearing what the word moxie means to each person who visits me on the show. So Christy, what does moxie mean to you? You know, it doesn't mean the same thing I originally thought it meant. Uh, boxy now means I can walk into any room. I know I'm supposed to be there. Something good is going to happen. Yes. Except this cafeteria at work or at school, I just avoid those places completely. <laughs> when I was in, I don't know, sixth grade, the lunchroom was a battleground. It was a place where I sat down the, you know, one end of the table and this girl named Kathy sat at the other end and we shouted insults at each other until one day I finally ran out of the room crying. And so I, I don't like lunchrooms. I went to five different high schools and in every lunchroom, there's always fighting. And then... <laughs> I don't know, probably my third high school, my fifth school in a row, I met a girl when I was escaping the lunchroom and I was in my class a little early and she was a cheerleader and she taught me that Moxie wasn't what I thought it was. It wasn't just being a tough girl and, you know, dissing everybody. It was um, lifting people up being compassionate about the people around you and curious and interested. And that changed my high school world for sure, but it has changed the whole future of my life. And I probably sat next to her for a whole two weeks in science class. And then we moved again. But that little bit of friendship, that little bit of role modeling made a beautiful difference. And now I... I don't mind going places alone. I don't have a problem. I'm not the greatest at like impromptu things. I kind of go deer in headlights, but I don't mind, you know, speaking or singing or dancing or whatever it takes because it's not just about me. I want everybody in the room to have a good time and feel like they could do something too. I love that. I love it so much. That's a, such a fun description of Moxie. You know, again, similar to the three words, everyone's description of Moxie is different and it's personal, right? And I love that story that you shared. You know, here's the thing. Our words have the power to change the trajectory of people's lives. And I think for so many people out there, they underestimate 
the power that they hold in the words that they choose. And so I love that an unsuspecting friend, right? Somebody who you like, I love how you call she's, she was a cheerleader. I'm assuming that meant that that meant something in school like that. Those were the popular girls or they probably would have made fun of behind her back until that point because The popular girls, oh, they must be snobs. Well, not necessarily. She taught me first not to judge people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, and when you talk about the cafeteria, of course, the thought that comes to mind is the Mean Girls movie, right? The cafeteria and all the animal sounds. That was such a great, great scene because I think we've all, we all experienced that in some way, shape or form. You know, I, I was... In high school, I was a girl that was friends with everyone. I had friends in all the different groups, you know, and and I was back then. I lived you in California, right? I did. Cheer, I was a cheerleader. I was in homecoming court. I was blonde. I was in acting. I sang in the choir. You know, I mean, I had. I I didn't have one bucket that I filled, and. I really, I didn't realize that back then. I didn't realize how how blessed I was to have not worried about only having that one or two things that made me fit in with one crowd and it, stepping outside of that, you know, I mean, how why would you do that? I mean, I'm sure that there were people who were like, oh my gosh, she's in Shantu Squire. Like what's wrong with her? That's like only the geeks do that. But I loved it. <laughs> Like, and they never said it to my face. And uh, I guess even if they, I don't know. I honestly don't know how I would have reacted if they would have made fun of me. Uh, they didn't. Divine intervention right there. Like for me to be who I am, I needed to have those experiences and, and God protected me. <laughs> well, you know, when you accept other people and you're actually interested in other people and nice to them, you get a lot less of that. I think if people learn that early on, you guys, if there's anything I would tell you know, 12 year old me, it's okay. Like your brother was afraid of, of being called nice. If I was anything I could tell 12 year old me, it would have been to be curious and friendly and yet have boundaries because that's the trouble with being nice is sometimes we don't have, you know, boundaries that allow us to be safe, you know, and safe, non-toxic experiences. But, but yeah, when you're, kind to people. Boy, I tell you what, after my friend, and I can never remember her name, but I didn't have the same problems I had before. There wasn't always somebody who wanted to kick my butt upon seeing me at the, you know, as the new kid. It didn't go that <laughs> way. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the things that you talked about and that you, um, an exercise that you had us go through when writing uh, Option Ocean was the writing a letter to, I think it was my 18 year old self. Yes. Right. And I talk about that a lot, about that process a lot, because it really, there is so much power in speaking into yourself that the parameters of what would you say to your 18 year old self? I mean, you could have said eight year old, you could have said 28 year old, you could have said 38 year old, (laughs) right? It's just the thought of what would you tell that version of you who's grown since then? Right. And so it could be like, what would you say to yourself yesterday? (laughs) But that was such a beautiful experience and a beautiful process that, again, I think we underestimate the power in the lessons we've learned, the testimonies that we've lived, in the moments we've conquered, in the relationships we've thrived with, the relationships that, you know, burned us to the ground and that we've had to rise from. There's so much power in every single one of those moments that writing that letter to your former self, it, it's, it was very therapeutic. I still cry when I get to the point in my letter where I say, 18-year-old me, I love you. Mm. Because if I were to look at an 18-year-old I didn't know, when I'm out on the weekend and I go, oh my gosh, you're going to make so many mistakes if you don't quit doing whatever you're doing, right? Right. That's a different feeling 
then when you look back at you at 18 and go, oh, you made some mistakes, but man, what a rich experience and what you know now and who you are now is is somebody you'd be proud of you know and and to be able to do that I needed we needed to really understand how to express and and what to express to the people who were going to buy Option Ocean because that was originally designed for those college graduates and those high school graduates who needed to find what their gifts were and it's needed to get used to God leading them so that they can have their best life. It's turned yes. out to be a book that 40 somethings and 30 somethings and 60 somethings want because they're ready for a shift in life. And I think with what's been going on, you know, in the, in the world where people are, are losing jobs and careers are, are falling over, people need that again. They need to reconnect with, what am I gifted with and what actually keeps me motivated and what is God saying to me? And we couldn't have presented that if we hadn't first connected with, with who we were and that, that rich experience of growing. So, so good. Well, we need to make sure that we drop in a link so that people who are looking for a gift for themselves or, or for a graduate for that matter. I mean, we are in graduation season again. (laughs) That just looks different. It simply looks different, but it is happening. Uh, We'll we'll be sure to drop a link to the um, to the book here for sure for all of you who are curious about that. Uh, Let's talk about. I know you always seem to have something brewing, something bubbling. So what (laughs) what do you have going on right now that the community would love to lean into? You know, it has been such a neat year, full of of different kinds of opportunities. Uh, I started not just doing the devotional series, which I am definitely continuing, but helping other people write. And so now, because I've had a lot of requests for helping people teach, I am doing an ebook called Successful Workshops Are Sassy. And sassy is the acronym that'll help people remember the elements of that engaging workshop that that helps people walk away with the important points, but not just in their minds, in their behavior. Because a successful workshop gets your audience doing the things they need to continue doing. And so the ebook itself, by the time you're done with the ebook, you know, right along the same theme, you will have actually designed the workshop, uh, you know, at least your first workshop that, that you're going to with the Sassy formula. So it's, I'm looking forward to it. Now, it's not out yet. It will be out later this summer. But if anybody wants to pre-order and they tell me that they saw us here, then they can email info at onemomentwiser.com. That's info at one, the number one, momentwiser.com. And use the subject ebook for a lioness. And that way I know that you're part of Deborah's lioness crowd. And um, you'll get not only the ability to pre-order the book, but to get a copy of my virtual training pro video, VT Pro video that helps you to know not just how to design a workshop, but but how to make it engaging when you're not really in the same room with your audience. Oh, fun. Okay. Well, we'll be sure to drop that in below. And of course, you know, I love that you're using Sassy. That is so much fun. I cannot wait to learn what that acronym means. So after we've had this chat, we've talked about, again, a million things, because every time we get together, there's so many fun things that we could talk about. What is on your heart now after this conversation, what is that thing that you want to make sure that everyone in this community hears from you? You know, and this actually came just before we met tonight. I was thinking about this and and praying about this. And I just want to share that we are unique. Each one of us is different for a reason. 1 Corinthians 12 says there are different kinds of gifts. The same spirit, the spirit of our creator distributes those gifts. And he does that for the common good. 
It says each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So don't keep it to yourself. It's helpful to see what other people do well and maybe try to grow those skills. But you don't need to be anybody else. Be you with those skills and be you with your gifts and then find out not just what your gifts are. A lot of us know I can sing, I can, you know, do math, whatever it is. But there are some things that will use those gifts and leave us dry. And there are some things that will use those gifts and make us just want to do them every day. So find find those things. You, whatever experience you're going through at the moment, if you're still employed, that's awesome. Make yourself more marketable somehow. You know, live with that purpose that God has given you. But if you're if you're not employed, you're looking for a new direction. God knows. He knows exactly what has already been developed in you, and He knows exactly where you need to be to develop and use the things that will touch other people and make the world a better place. Oh, I love that. I love the be you with those skills. I love that. That's what's really resonating, leaning into the talents that you've got and never staying still, but being still <laughs> all in one. It's such a, it's such a divine, divinely beautiful and exciting journey that we're all on. And I am so thankful that we had this time. I'm truly, truly grateful for all of the wisdom that you have sprinkled on the community. And I really, truly, um, I'll be praying for success on the Sassy Workshop ebook. <laughs> and of course, uh, that you have a resurgence of orders around Option Ocean for Anyone of any age who is seeking to connect through stories and scripture and prayers. And I, I think that there is there are people out there who are trying to figure out what's missing. And I would love to see them grab a copy of Option Ocean and find it. Find that missing piece. Deborah, it's such an honor. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching us live today. For those of you who are catching the replay or who are listening on the podcast, remember, we did ask a couple of questions. So please engage with us. Both Christy and I are tagged in this post, so we will get notified when there are questions or comments that you do leave below. So let's keep the conversation going. And until next time, remember to engage, elevate, and empower your world with your beautiful, beautiful gifts. See you soon. Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, debratraben.com. Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe Click those stars to rate me and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world.